Taiwan has launched its first combat squadron of the F-16V. The F-16V is the latest version of the F-16 fighter jet equipped with radar that lets it track multiple targets at once. At a ceremony in Jai, President Tsai Ing-wen commissioned dozens of F-16Vs that were built in a retrofit program supported by the U.S. She said that the new squadron marked a new chapter for Taiwan's self-defense. Watch. It's an aerobatic show with F-16Vs performing high-precision maneuvers in the sky. The display showcased the capabilities of the newly upgraded F-16Vs. On Thursday, the Air Force commissioned its first combat squadron of F-16Vs. President Tsai Ing-wen presided over the ceremony and completed a ground inspection in her capacity as Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces. The retrofitted F-16Vs have better stealth, long-range reconnaissance, and beyond-visual-range missile capabilities. Their performance has been significantly improved, and they are better adapted to modern warfare. Taiwan plans to upgrade its entire fleet of 141 F-16AB fighter jets into F-16Vs. In addition, it will receive an order of 66 new F-16Vs by 2026. This model's main update is a radar called the Active Electronically Scanned Array, which can find, track and lock on multiple targets simultaneously. Other upgrades are in the mission computer, cockpit instruments, helmet-mounted queuing system, and electronic warfare pods. This model can also be loaded with the latest generation of Sidewinder missiles. Besides improving Taiwan's defense capabilities, the new combat squadron marks a new chapter in Taiwan's aerospace technology. It also bears testament to the friendship between Taiwan and the U.S. The defense industry cooperation between Taiwan and the U.S. not only reflects progress in the Taiwan-U.S. friendship, it also reflects the two sides' firm commitment to their partnership. I believe that as long as we safeguard the values of freedom and democracy, more like-minded countries will stand with us. Chinese incursions into Taiwan's air defense zone have become increasingly frequent. At Thursday's commissioning ceremony, AIT Director Sander Odkirk posed for a photo with Tsai in front of a fighter jet. Officials said her presence underscored the U.S. commitment to ensure that Taiwan has the ability to defend itself. The cabinet has authorized a raise to the special pay of teachers, service members and civil servants. Special pay includes bonuses and allowances that are added to the base pay of a public servant. The authorized increase is up to 4 percent. We asked the Directorate General of Personnel Administration, Directorate General of Budget, Accounting and Statistics and other related agencies to follow up on the base pay adjustment. Supervisory differentials, professional allowances and academic research allowance for school faculty, all of these can be raised by 4 percent. In addition, for personnel in the central and local governments, business expenses for relevant personnel can be adjusted by the range of 4 percent. The announcement comes shortly after the cabinet announced a base pay increase of 4 percent. Altogether, the new compensation package will cost 31.4 billion NT dollars. The cabinet plans for the central and local governments to split the costs in half. 
It says it will coordinate the distribution of tax revenue to support the race. The KMT's Yan Kwan-hung has registered for the legislative by-election in Taichung's 2nd constituency. He's only been in the race for one day, but he's already under a storm of allegations concerning his real estate assets. Accompanied by an assistant, legislative candidate Yan Kwan-hun arrives at the Taichung City Election Commission. He kept a low profile as he completed registration amid accusations that he does not meet the election's residency requirement. In 2019, when my son got married, I was already living in Shalu District. The dates Clara Cho brought up, she should do some fact-checking. These false allegations are a great big mixed-up media leak. Yen emphasized that he had not lived outside of Shalu District on the dates in question. Later in the day, he took questions about another recent allegation, that he owns a 300-ping luxury property in Longjing District. Actually, the claim refers to my residence in Shalu District, Sanlu Borough. The land area there is 128 pings. We obtained the occupancy permit in 2013. The landowners listed are me and my wife. Yen beat back at the swirl of rumors. He emphasized that at present, he lived in Shalu District on a 128-ping property owned by him and his wife. He said that amid the smear campaign by pundits like Clara Cho, he no longer knew who his election opponent was. Could it be an illusion? It seems as if my opponent is changing all the time. Right now, it looks like my opponent is Clara Cho. He is under the illusion that media pundits are his rivals, but I am the one running against him. I'm being very serious about my local campaigning, and I think I've put forward many policy and referendum topics to discuss with him. DPP candidate Lin Jingyi called on Yen to quit playing victim. With regard to the ruling party deploying its army against me, and with regard to the slander and false rumors about me, I will leave the task of providing clarification to my spokesperson. We will take legal action when necessary to protect our good name. He can't just say things like this when other people scrutinize him, saying that the ruling party is oppressing him and so on. The ruling party does not have the power to phone up media outlets and instruct them to do anything. Lin is currently on the campaign trail, stomping for votes at community events. On Thursday, Yen held a press conference introducing the main visuals of his campaign. He also unveiled his slogan, More Action, Less Trash Talk. It was a thinly-veiled rebuke to the DPP candidate. When serving the public, there is no room to fear smear campaigns or hard work. My goal is to serve fully and serve well. My hope is that he can focus on major national policies, including those in the four referendums, policies that have an impact on the economy, international trade and the future of our energy supply. Does he think all that is trash talk? Barbs are flying in the campaign for Taichung's 2nd electoral district. Who is talk and who is action? In the end, the voters get to decide. Well, mix and match vaccination for AstraZeneca recipients is slated for this weekend. 228,000 eligible people have signed up for the waitlist. They'll be able to make their appointment on Friday for six hours only. We turn to the health minister for details. Yesterday, we announced that registration for vaccine mixing would open up today, from the morning to the afternoon. 
To be eligible, a person must have received one shot of AstraZeneca before September 25th and be at least 18 years old. Eligible persons can pick which brand they want for their second shot, Pfizer or Moderna. Registration closes today at 4 p.m. and so far about 220,000 people have signed up. Those who sign up will be able to schedule an appointment starting tomorrow. The appointment booking system will be open for six hours on November 19th, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Administration will be on November 20th and November 21st. There aren't that many eligible people, so the window of time is smaller. We will also allow mixed vaccines in the 15th round of vaccinations. In related news, there's been another delivery of Moderna vaccines. A plane touched down on Friday carrying about 1.15 million doses purchased by the government. Taiwan has now received about 6 million of its order with the manufacturer. As of Wednesday, Taiwan's single-dose vaccine coverage stands at 76.1 percent. Two-dose coverage is 44.6 percent. Well, with COVID restrictions easing, art auctions are back in action. From December 4th to 5th, multinational art group Ravenel will hold its autumn auction. What will this year's event bring? Foremost News reporter Stephanie Yang gives us a preview. These are masterpieces by abstract artists Zhao Wuji and Zhu Dechen. There are also various Chinese classics as well as modern and contemporary works by Western, Japanese, Korean and Taiwanese artists. A total of 166 pieces will be on display with a total estimated value of 560 million NT. These two are early works by Zhao Wuji that date back to the 1950s and 1960s. Among his paintings from the 1950s, we commonly see semi-figurative works, as well as some figurative works, houses and woods. The abstract works in this auction are mainly by Zhao Wuji. Another abstract artist featured is Zhu Dechun. There is a piece by Zhu Dechun from the 90s. There are also pieces by young Taiwanese artists such as Zhang Tengyuan, Alien Huang and Chen Weiting. There have recently been a lot of popular Taiwanese artists. It is our hope to consistently promote young Taiwanese artists. In this auction, we have assembled works by Alien Huang as well as Zhang Tengyuan, who is currently very popular on the market. In addition, 105 modern and contemporary arts will be showcased in a section called Select Modern and Contemporary Art. On display will be works by Bernard Buffet, George Matthew, Eddie Martinez, and Brian Donnelly, better known as Koss. Behind me is a work by Koss, the famous pop artist. There are six of his works, including the companion figure behind me. For classic contemporary works, we also recommend George Mathieu. In addition, I recommend two works by Bernard Buffet. These are all works that have received lots of inquiries from the market. Ravenel will hold its autumn auction at Taipei Marriott Hotel from December 4th till 5th. For most of news, Stephanie Yang, Zhong Su Hui in Taipei. Taiwan has launched its first service center for advanced laser applications. The center is located in Tainan at the southern campus of the Industrial Technology Research Institute. It's expected to speed up R&D for Taiwan's chip equipment industry to drive more than 4 billion NT dollars in business opportunities. 
The Taiwan Semicon and Electronic Industries Laser Application Service Center launched on Wednesday at Yitri's southern region campus in Tainan. Some of the testing and verification done on precision equipment require shipping goods abroad at tremendous time and expense. The establishment of this service center will support Taiwan's machinery industry, which can get testing and verification done right here. The center uses the world's most advanced high-end laser source to provide key technical support for Taiwan's semiconductor equipment producers. We're hoping to develop a high-end laser source with Taiwan manufacturers. We work together to develop and build other equipment for other areas of Taiwan's equipment sector. A laser source is extremely expensive. It's not something that small and medium-sized enterprises can afford. This collaboration provides a way for businesses to do proofing and verification. We can try it out. According to Semiconductor Equipment and Materials International, Taiwan will spend more than 160 billion NT in semiconductor equipment by the end of the year, making it the second biggest spender in the world. It'll spend at least 5% more next year, making Taiwan the number one market globally. In 2020, Taiwan imported 22 billion NT in semiconductor equipment, 10 times more than the value of its exports. Semiconductor laser equipment accounted for more than 50% of those imports. This means that if Taiwan's semiconductor laser equipment industry can achieve localization, there are big business opportunities in store. This should be able to shorten development time by more than half a year. We will be able to beat our rivals in the laser industry by half a year when developing equipment. This will vastly improve our competitive advantage. The new service center will work with the laser industry players in southern Taiwan, supporting their needs as they seek positions in the global chip and electronic equipment supply chains. The center is expected to drive more than 4 billion NT in business opportunities. A new renewable energy plant has opened in Ilan, and the environmentally uh, friendly geothermal power plant is so unobtrusive, it opened, to, uh, opened up right next to a popular tourist resort. Qingshui Geothermal Power Plant is the first geothermal plant to open in Taiwan in 30 years. It's currently generating enough power for 10,000 homes without producing fossil fuel emissions or damaging local ecology. Steam rises in bewitching spirals from one of Ilan's most beloved tourist spots, Qingshui Geothermal Park. But the geothermal springs are not just good for cooking up delicious onsen tamago or bathing your tired feet. Next to the park sits Qingshui Geothermal Power Plant. The plant recently obtained its geothermal power production license, the first issued in Taiwan for 30 years. It's already in operation and contributing to Taiwan's renewable energy transition. We were the first geothermal power plant in Taiwan. Geothermal power is renewable and it can serve as a baseload power source. It can produce power continuously 24-7, so long as it's not turned off or undergoing maintenance. Separators divide the hot water and steam, and then the steam above enters the steam power generation system, and the water also enters the generation system. The geothermal facilities burrow two kilometers down into the ground, forming a production well. Hot water and steam created by deep geothermal forces are brought to the surface and piped into power generators, where their heat is turned into electricity. The cold water is then fed through circulation systems and back into the earth, where it will heat up again naturally. 
The system is circular, kind to the environment, renewable, and provides a stable source of power. The plant got its geothermal power production license on October 27th this year. The investment was 750 million NT. In 1981, the central government was producing power here. It stopped in 1993. One reason was structural problems. Another was issues with the water source, which have since been overcome with new technology. In 2017, EUN Limited successfully bid for the contract to open a new plant where Thai Power Geothermal Power Plant once stood, and soon after, applied for a license to start operating. The plant produces 3,200 to 4,200 kilowatt hours an hour, enough to power 10,000 small households or the entire population of Datong and Sanxing townships. It's currently selling excess energy to Thai Power, demonstrating its viability as a stable, non-polluting option for Taiwan's energy mix. Multiple malfunctions hit the railway system on Thursday, leaving passengers stranded island-wide. In one incident, uh, overhead wires snapped over the train tracks in Miaoli County. Over in Zhanghua, sparks flew and smoke billowed from a train when its wheels overheated. The train later derailed when it was being taken for repairs. There were no reports of fatalities or injuries following the incidents, uh, but the transport minister has demanded renewed safety checks by the railway administration. TRA maintenance staff rushed to make repairs. At 7.15 Thursday morning, the overhead wires over the track snapped between Miali's Dashan and Holong stations, bringing train traffic in both directions to a halt. Commuters were not impressed. The TRA raced to set up shuttle buses for passengers. The breakdown affected several dozen services with delays of up to 73 minutes. More than 1,000 passengers were affected. Over at Taipei Main Station, the platform was full of passengers waiting for their trains. The breakdown threw a spanner in the plans of many travelers. I think it was delayed for a few minutes, so I have to wait for the next service for about 10 minutes. A boxcar freight train was traveling on the west line and as it passed, the overhead wires malfunctioned. The west line was repaired within one hour. That wasn't the only glitch on the TRA system on Thursday. Over in Zhanghua, commuter service number 2004 came to a halt when one car began filling up with smoke smelling of burning plastic. The incident was due to overheated train wheels that caused the primary suspension system to melt. What's more, as the train was being towed for repairs, it derailed creating the third railway incident of the morning. The train incident with the smoke and the sparks, this will have an impact on public trust in the system. But what's more important is that it put passengers in danger. I'll ask the TRA to strengthen inspections on rolling stock. I will ask Deputy Chief Hu Xiangling to oversee it. The transport minister pledged renewed safety inspections. Over the past year, five trains have caught fire or emitted smoke on the railway system. Well, starting March 1st, 2022, owning, breeding and trading American pit bull terriers will be forbidden in Taiwan. The decision comes amid a string of violent attacks by dogs of the breed earlier this year. Pet owners who already have a pit bull will have to register them with the government by February 28, 2023. Violators could face fines of up to 250,000 NT dollars and the confiscation of their dog. 
We're looking ahead to a cold winter, according to weather forecasters. Heating products such as space heaters and hot packs are already in high demand. Retailers say personal heating appliances are selling faster now than last winter. But with global manufacturing in crisis, uh, the retail price of goods could soon be going up. Winter is coming, and lots of people are already stocking up on their cozy gear. At one American-style online retailer, three hot pack brands have already sold out. You can buy them in store still, but there's a limit. Each customer can purchase just one box. Costco has enacted the rule, so all its members get a chance to buy. Stocks of heat packs are still good at PX Mart and Carrefour, where you can fill up your trolley. This reusable heat pack warms up in just a few minutes in a microwave. Stick it inside a cuddly toy to make a cozy warming pillow or cushion. These heated coasters and foot warmers are designed for cozying up the office. Mini space heaters are selling fast too. It heats up really fast as soon as it's plugged in, and the heat spreads over a long distance. Compared to last month, heat pack sales have doubled. By the end of November, heat pack sales may grow 40 to 50 percent. This heater won't dry out your room. It uses steam to heat the space while also adding water to the air. It can also be used to diffuse essential oils. This heater even warms up your duvet before bed for a toasty winter evening. Our heating appliance sales have grown more than 20% since the same period last year. The cost of manufacturing is growing, and we've had numerous suppliers telling us they will increase their prices around December time by an overall margin of 3 to 5%. Globally, many heating appliances are a niche market, and that makes them vulnerable to global material shortages like we're facing right now. With costs going up, Sooner or later, the retail price will rise as well. If you're thinking of buying a new heater for this winter, now might be the time to go for it.